Good morning. We're really glad that you're here today. It's a beautiful day. Fall is in the air, and so we're grateful for the opportunity to be together. Appreciate so much you coming our way. If you're visiting, as always, we invite you to come back. We're very thankful that you have chosen to come today. We're thankful that attendance is on the rise. We hope and pray that some of those who maybe haven't been out will have the opportunity to be with us in the very near future. We are very thankful for all the many blessings that we enjoy in Christ, the hope that we have to be in one day, to be one day in heaven. And so we want to live and serve God so that one day we can all be together. I do want to invite you to look at the passage that Jacob read a moment ago, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. I want to say that we are coming to the final quarter of this year. And we want to finish strong. This has been a very unusual year, probably, as many of you know, unprecedented. And things have not been what they ought to be, not what we would like them to be. But we want to finish strong. We want to try to have a good year, close out this year, and hopefully and prayerfully 2021 will be a much, much better year. So I encourage you to be praying that God will bless us with a great year in 2021. In our lesson today, we're going to be talking about a theme that might seem rather odd to you. The title of our lesson today is called The Bucket List. Back in 2007, there was a movie that came out. I didn't have the opportunity to see it, but I do know something about it. And the movie was called The Bucket List. And the idea is that there are certain things that all of us want to do in life before we leave this world. And so as you think about your bucket list, are there things, whether you're young or old, maybe you're middle-aged, are there things that you want to do that you have somewhat carved in stone? This is what I want to do. Maybe you'd like to see the Northern Lights. It might be that you'd like to travel to Alaska See what it's like in the cold of winter in Alaska. Maybe you'd like to have the opportunity to travel throughout Europe or Spain, some of the great places that many of us have read about, seen pictures of, but we'd like to just be there. Maybe you'd like to write a book. You know, there are people that that's their goal. They'd like to write a book. Some would say they want to influence another person for good in their life. So what's on your bucket list? What are some things that you want to do that are exclusive to you and to you alone? Now as you think about your bucket list, I want to ask you this question. Maybe there are two or three things that you're thinking about right now. Maybe you've got some goals in mind, and these are things that you want to make sure that you get done in your lifetime. Do you have any spiritual goals on your bucket list? Is there anything that you want to do for God before you leave this world? Is it possible that when we think about a bucket list, that we often think about things that we want to do for ourselves. Or maybe it might be we want to do some things for our children or grandchildren. 
And maybe it's material in nature, maybe it's taking some kind of trip or whatever. But we're, we are children of God, aren't we? And really, what defines us is not necessarily the world, but our relationship to Christ. And so as you think about your bucket list, I would grant there's nothing wrong with wanting to see the northern lights or to take a cruise through Alaska, to do a number of things. But don't you think somewhere on that list there ought to be something that we want to do for God and for His cause? Years ago, I remember being at a congregation. And I think I was back visiting, and there was an older fella, probably in his late 70s, maybe 80s, at the time, I really didn't think much about it, but now I do, especially in light of this lesson. Because he said, there are some things that I want to get done before I die. Didn't have anything to do with seeing the Northern Lights or taking a cruise around the world or doing any number of material things. But it was something that he wanted to do for God. He had invested in a mission work in a foreign land, and he wanted to see that through. So as you think about our text today, examine yourselves, whether you're in the faith. As you reflect upon your life, is there something that you want to do or that maybe you could do for God? Maybe you haven't really thought about it. And maybe today is a good time to start thinking about it. If you and I had the opportunity, let's just say, to sit down with the Apostle Paul. Let's imagine we had the opportunity to sit in the marketplace as he did in Athens. And we're sitting across the table from Paul and we're talking about life. And we were to ask Paul, Paul, what's on your bucket list? What do you think he would have said? Maybe Paul wanted to, maybe he wanted to go to the Olympic Games. Nothing wrong with that. But don't you think when you start looking at the life, life of Paul, there would have been some spiritual goals in his life. For example, in Romans chapter 1, when he wrote to the saints in Rome, he said that he was looking for the opportunity if God's will were to come to pass, to visit those people. And the reason, he said, so that I might impart a spiritual gift so that you might be established and that we might be encouraged because of our mutual faith. Paul wanted to visit the church in Rome. He had a reason for that. In Colossians chapter 4, Paul is writing from a Roman prison. You think about Paul is coming to the close of life because he wrote that book in about AD 61 or 62. About six years later, Paul would face execution at the hands of Nero Caesar. So Paul, you got six years to live. Time is, time is not on your side any longer. What are you thinking about? What is it that you want? He said, continue steadfastly in prayer, watching therein with thanksgiving, Colossians 4, 2. In verse 3, he said, meanwhile, praying also for us. Now listen to what he wants them to pray about. That God would open 
for us a door for the Word. To speak the mystery of Christ. He said, for which I'm also in chains. That I might make it manifest that I might speak in His name. Paul had spiritual goals. There were some things that Paul wanted to do. They were on his bucket list. They were things that he wanted to check off before he checked out. So what about you? Let me just begin by way of looking at this lesson. I want, to, I want you to think with me for a moment or two retrospectively about your life. Two questions I want to ask you. Number one, how long have you been a Christian? Anybody been a Christian who is here today less than five years? If you have, raise your hand. All right. Anybody here today that's been a Christian for over 20 years? Raise your hand. 30 years. 40 years? I'm going to stop. <laughs> Some of you have only been a Christian for just a few short years. Some of you, some of us have been, Christian, have been a Christian for many years. We have been in Christ for a long, long time. Now I want to ask a second question. What do you have to show for it? Let's just say you've been a Christian five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, whatever. What do you have to show for your Christianity? Do you remember when Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica? You can go back and read in Acts chapter 17 where Paul and Silas spent three Sabbaths in Thessalonica before they were run out of town. The church in Thessalonica, those people were being persecuted and afflicted for the cause of Christ. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul makes an interesting statement about those saints. He asked this question, what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? And then listen to what he said. Is it not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus at His coming? You know what Paul's saying? Paul is saying that on the day of judgment when the Lord Jesus makes His coming to gather His saints, that those who are from Thessalonica that have obeyed the gospel, that are living faithfully for Him, that will be His crown of rejoicing. They would be some people that He could offer to the Lord and say, I brought these folks to you. So what do you have to show for it? If you're a Christian parent and you're here today and you have, to the best of your ability, reared your children in the Lord, as Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 6, how we're to bring up our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We've tried to be the right example and we've tried to provide for them an atmosphere where they can grow spiritually and, they can, and that they can come to know something about the Christ and then one day obey the gospel. We've got something to show for it, don't we? 
I mean, you think about it as a parent. Look at the preaching and teaching of Noah. Noah preached for a long time. And sometimes we talk about Noah and his impact on the world. He saved seven people, didn't he? Eight, including himself. Saved his own household. Let me tell you what. Some folks might not say that's a profitable ministry, but I'd say he did a good job, wouldn't you? So if you have nurtured your children and brought them to a point where they are now a Christian, and they're trying to live a Christian life, that's something that you can, that you can say, you know what, I've got something to show for my relationship to the Lord. That's just one example. So you think about how long you've been a Christian, then number two, what do you have to show for it? That's just a retrospective look at life. Secondly, let's think about introspectively. Paul said, examine yourselves. Nothing wrong with sometimes just stepping back, reflecting upon where we are in life. Could I ask you today, are you happy with where you are in life today? You satisfied? Is this where you thought you would be? Now, I asked the question a minute ago, how long have you been a Christian? I want to ask you this question, where are you in your Christian life right now? Where are you? Number two, where do you think you should be in your Christian life? Are you where you think you ought to be as a Christian? More importantly, are you where the Lord wants you to be as a child of God? Now, this morning in our Bible class, we looked at Psalm 90. Moses there contrasts the eternal nature of God to the brevity of our human life. And you remember, Moses said we might live to be 70 years of age, we might, live to reach, we might live to reach 80 years, but he said it's soon cut off and we fly away. So let's just imagine that for the sake of numbers, let's just imagine we, we're going to live 80 years. Let's just say that we're going to live to be 80 years of age. If you were to break 80 years down into four quarters, 20 years each quarter, what quarter are you in right now? You're in the first quarter? If you're below 20, you're still in the first quarter. If you're somewhere between 20 and 40, guess what? You're in the second quarter. 40 to 60, you're now in the third quarter of life. Think about that for a minute. You're in the third quarter. If you're 60 and above, you're in the fourth quarter. Let me tell you what, when you start thinking about life in terms like that, it hits home, doesn't it? How often do we go through life and we just float through life and we really never think about the brevity of our existence? The fact that we're here today and gone tomorrow. Isn't that why the psalmist said, teach us to number our days? Didn't Paul say in Ephesians chapter 5, redeem the time because the days are evil. You might be 20 today, but I promise you, you'll be 40 tomorrow. I was at Kroger this week. I was standing in line. There was a lady behind me with a, 
little girl, she was probably, I don't know, four or five years old. Let me tell you what, she was a handful. And uh, she'd bump into the back of my legs and pop around. Her mama would tell her, you know, settle down, whatnot, you know, and she's just a live wire. And there's a fellow in the other line, and he looked over and saw her, and I, I guess maybe the mama looked exasperated. And he said, let me tell you what, yesterday my boy was that age. He's a senior in college today. You laugh at it, but let me tell you what, it's true. It's how quickly life gets away. So you think about examining your life, where you are right now. And think about some passages of Scripture that help us maybe put things in perspective. Do you remember in Matthew 6, Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Are you seeking first? Before anything else, the kingdom of God. What about in Colossians chapter 3? When the Apostle Paul, writing to the saints there, said, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. In verse 2 he said, set your mind, set your affection on things above, and not on things which are upon this earth. What defines you? I mean, what is it that really defines who you are? You know, we talk about our DNA. Well, you know, our DNA says a lot about us, doesn't it? Don't you think that what ought to define us is our relationship to God? Don't, don't you think that when we talk about a bucket list, things that we want to do, things that we want to check off in life, don't you think on that bucket list there ought to be something on there that says something about our relationship to God? Wouldn't, wouldn't that just seem natural? So what about you? Where are you in your Christian life? Where do you think you ought to be? Do you remember when Peter wrote to New Christians, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he said, As a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the Word. Why? That you might grow thereby. You remember in 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter would say, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You remember Jesus said, You're the salt of the earth. We're to be a leavening agent for good in this world. One of the things that salt does, you eat enough salt, it will create thirst, won't it? Eat some country ham. Eat a lot of country ham. You'll get thirsty real quick. Don't you think that as a child of God, we ought to make people thirsty for what we have? Didn't Jesus say, you're the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden? Are you salt? Are you light? The world is engulfed in darkness, and yet we're to be light. Paul said, you were once in darkness, now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Don't you think that's what ought to define us? There ought to be something about us that says, you know what? We have a relationship to God. We have a relationship to one another. And that's kind of the overriding factor in everything that we say, think, and do in life. Now, there is a third thing I want you to see in our study. We look at life retrospectively, introspectively, and what about perspectively? 
How much time do you have? Four quarters. What quarter of life are you in? First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Are you in overtime? If you're beyond 80, you're in overtime. I don't know if it's, same, if, if it's the same as it is in some leagues, but whoever scores first wins. So you think about where you are in life. Don't you think as you sit down and think about this bucket list, don't you think that right now would be a good time to start making some goals? Don't you think you ought to make some goals? You know, if you don't aim at anything, you won't hit anything, will you? Don't you have to have a target? So I want you to think about where you are in life. And you think about how much time you may or may not have left. I don't know how much time you have left. I don't know how much time I have left. I just know the hourglass isn't what it once was. That sand sifting through there quickly. Didn't David say, I was young, now I'm old? Didn't the, Hebrew, didn't the Hebrew writer say in the long ago, it is appointed that a man wants to die after this comes the judgment? So you think about life and where you are in life. What are some things that you could set as goals in your life? Could I just make some suggestions? Number one, have you ever thought about taking a mission trip? Tentatively, right now, there is a mission trip planned. Jared's dad's going to be leading it to Jamaica in June, June the 11th, I think. I don't know what you have penciled in on your calendar. I don't know what your plans are for the month of June, but I would encourage you, think about making that a part of your June in 2021. Take a mission trip. It'll change your life. If you want to really put into perspective how blessed you are in this life, and there are some here today who've been to Jamaica. A buddy of mine that was with me in Jamaica a couple of years ago, done a lot of traveling, been around the world in a lot of different places. He told me, he said, I don't care how you cut it, this is a third world country. It is. But there are people down there, they're anxious to study, they're willing to study, and you can have a part in that. You don't have to go to Jamaica. There are other places you can go, but take a mission trip. Don't you think that that's something that you can do for God? Have you ever taught a class? You ever thought about teaching a class? Maybe you say, I don't know enough. Maybe you're afraid to stand up in front of other people. Could I encourage you? If you've never taught, why not become a teacher's assistant? It's like riding a bicycle. You remember when you had to begin on training wheels? And you ride the bike, you got those two training wheels on, and then I remember we took one training wheel off and we had one kind of leaned to one side. And before you know it, you're riding solo. You know, become an assistant teacher and then graduate to becoming a teacher. I can tell you, we always need people to teach. We didn't have VBS this year, but there are always needs for VBS to teach, to be a teacher's assistant, to do crafts, to do games. There are all kinds of things you can do. 
But you think about your bucket list. What's on your bucket list? If you don't have down that you want to take a mission trip or you want to teach, couldn't you have down that you want to become a Barnabas? Is there not a need in the church today for people like Barnabas? Who make it their life's aim? You remember the Bible talks about Barnabas as an encourager. He encouraged those Christians in the first century that with purpose of heart they should cleave unto the Lord. Let me tell you, there is a great need. You want to brighten somebody's day, you encourage them. We've got young folks here today that can put a smile on the face of an older person. Send them a card, send them a text, pick up the telephone, stop by and visit them for a few minutes. I promise you, you'll make a difference in their life. We all need encouraging. I mean, these are things that we can do for the cause of Christ. They ought to be on our bucket list. There are things that you can do maybe that I can't do and vice versa. But what we can all do is find out what our ability is, find out what we can do, and then do it. Let me tell you another thing that you ought to think about. There are a lot of good works in our brotherhood. There are two parts to the Great Commission. There's the going and the sending. It might be that you're not physically able because of your health condition to take a mission trip. Maybe you're not able to do a lot of things physically, but there are some things that you can do spiritually that can advance the cause of Christ. You say, well, how so? I'm glad you asked. There are some works out there. Remember I told you about the brother that was in his 70s or 80s? He had invested in a mission work, I believe, in India. And he said, before I die, there are some things that I want to make sure get done. There are some mission works right now that could do more than they can presently. But you know what they need? They need money. And we have the opportunity to write a check. Let me tell you what. I would encourage you to think about your estate. You think about what you've accumulated over life. And it's great to leave your kids, your grandkids. It's great to leave people in inheritance. Think about leaving the work of the church in your will. I've known people like that. I mean... You know, the Bible says, He being dead yet speaks. We had a brother that died a couple of three years ago and he left a sizable amount of money to this congregation. Let me tell you what. You can make a difference. We mentioned the Christian Courier from time to time. The Christian Courier gets 13,000 hits a day on the Internet. People are being exposed to the gospel of Christ. People that know nothing about New Testament Christianity. You know what they need more than anything? They need people that will step up to the plate and give. Some folks don't have a lot of ability in terms of teaching or leading singing or doing a lot of things, but they have an ability to make money. and They're good at it. All I'm saying is there are things that you can do for God. Maybe you can't go to the mission field, but you can invest in the mission field. Television, radio, I mean, there are so many different works out there. I'm not advocating any one work over another. I'm just saying 
And when we talk about our bucket list and things that we ought to do, and we talk about our relationship to God, if something for God is not on that bucket list, don't you think we need to do some rearranging and prioritizing in life? Don't you think that we ought to step back and say, you know what, what really is most important in life? Think about your giving. The church could do more if we give more. The church can only do with what it has. There are things that could be done, but the church is held back because we don't give as we should. We talk about A.M. Burton. Brother Burton died many years ago, gave away 90% of everything he ever made. Some have said when he died he would have been worth $100 million, but he gave most of it away. He invested. Didn't Jesus say something about laying up treasure in heaven? The investment that you make, the return you get, will be far more than any investment you make on earth. So what's on your bucket list? We talk about making goals, making plans. The key is not just making those goals, but meeting those goals. If you want to do certain things in life, don't you have to come up with a plan? Don't you have to sit down? Let, let's just say you want, to get, you want to get in shape. Let's just say that you want to be in shape and fit at your age. And let's just say that you're not fit and you're not in shape at your age. Well, you're never going to be fit until you take that first step, right? So you got to create a plan and then you got to work that plan every single day. All I'm saying is you make your goals and then you got to meet those goals. With God's help, you can meet them. So I encourage you today, think about your bucket list, whatever it is. And I want to encourage you, I, I read a list this past week of the top 10 things on, for example, a certain, certain age group or a certain group of people. This was on their top 10. Well, what's your top 10? What's your top five? If God's not a part of that top five, top ten, I want to encourage you, make God a part of that top five, top ten. Make sense? This is an unusual lesson. Unusual for me because I've never done anything like it, really. But I do think it's important sometimes to just step back and think about where we are in life. So you think about prospectively. Where do you plan to be if you're in the first quarter, where do you plan to be in the fourth quarter? If you're in the fourth quarter, what are your plans right now? Time's running out. The sand is sifting. Where are you going to be? I want to encourage you. As Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. and All these things will be added to you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together to worship. We pray, Father, that you would help us to become more spiritually minded, to seek things that are above. And Father, we pray that we might understand our relationship and that we would do everything that we can to influence others for your cause. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you want to talk about your bucket list and what's really important, 
Let me tell you what is really important. That is for you to be in heaven. And not for you alone. But wouldn't it be great if one day in heaven there's somebody sitting beside you and they say to you, I'm here because of you. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, wouldn't it be great? Your son, your daughter sitting beside you right now. And one day, they're sitting right beside you in heaven. I mean, can you think of anything better than that? If you're not a Christian today, I encourage you to come to Christ. Understand that God loves you immensely. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. To understand that God wants you to be saved. That's what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 2 at verse 4. That God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, why not do it today? Why not make things right today? Repent of your sins. Turn from a life of sin. Confess His name and then be buried with Him in baptism. Rising to walk in newness of life, understanding that all your sins are washed away, God put you in the church, Acts 2.47. Then be faithful until death. Let's just say you're here today. For whatever reason, you've gotten off track. You're back in the world. You're not where you know you need to be. Look, same God that saved you when you obeyed the gospel can forgive you today. Listen to John, I will be, well, John said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God forgives, that's his business. Won't you come as we stand and sing?